Welcome to the High Performance CEO Podcast. This show is made with one purpose, to help you create a self-driven and engaged high-performance organization, where we deliver you proven strategies and expert interviews on how to drive significant profit growth, create a stress-free ownership culture, and give you the time freedom you always wanted from your business. And now, here's your host, highly sought-after business growth strategist and executive coach, Patrick Rogers. Rogers, and today we have the extreme privilege to have Bill Kennedy on the show. And Bill is the CEO of OTC Industrial Technologies and Arrowhead Engineered Products. Welcome to the show, Bill. Well, it's great to be here, Patrick. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. Um, and so, like I said, Bill is the current CEO of OTC Industrial Technologies and Arrowhead Engineered Products, which, by the way, uh, does well over $2 billion annually. Uh, and that's, that is B with billion. Billion isn't B. Um, uh, by far the largest guest we found on the show. So very honored to have you, Bill. So so a little bit about Bill. He has over 30 years of experience as a global business executive in a variety of industries and markets focused on industrial and consumer products and services. As a leader, he concentrates on aligning with key stakeholders to set a clear and compelling vision that will rally an organization to drive growth, control cost, and increase profitability. One of the keys to his success is he develops strong leaders and management teams and establishes deep relationships. His experience encompasses global public, private, and private equity-owned companies. Bill graduated summa cum laude from Elmhurst University with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and received his MBA from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business. And the best part of all this is he's a fellow uh, veteran of the United States Navy. So uh, first of all, Bill, thank you for your service. Uh, secondly, wow, what a resume, what what a, what an accomplishment uh, in business side of things in your life. Uh, I can't wait to dig into that. Before we do, what's one interesting fact about yourself that not many people know? Well, the, probably the most interesting thing I have, and, and I tell everyone, so they probably know it now, is I... This year, I had my first grandchild. My my uh, ah. my daughter was was blessed enough to to give us the first boy in the family. So little Colin Arthur is here, and he just turned uh, eleven months. So Grandpa and I I know I look probably uh, way too young, which would be you a do. joke, uh, absolutely uh, to to do it. But it, we were blessed and, and couldn't be more happy and proud. Well, that's fantastic. Congratulations. I hope I'm uh, a few years out from that. My kids are only twenty and twenty two, but uh, you know you never know. You never know. <laughs> awesome. So, so tell us, Bill, I, two, two, two and a half billion annually between two companies. I mean, I don't even know where to start with, you know, walk us down your journey, but, but oh, my gosh, give it, give us the bird's eye view on how you've been able to be so successful, Bill. You know, uh, th thank you. I'm glad you said it was two companies because it was, sounds like it's one, but it is two, two totally different companies. There's OTC, Industrial Technologies out of Columbus, Ohio, and Air, yeah. Airhead Engineered Products out of Blaine, Minnesota. You know, and, and I'm just actually truly blessed for, for a variety of reasons, but the most important one is the team I have, right? I, I could not do what I do without all the great people around me. And then our partners at GenStar are just absolutely fantastic and really do a great job in putting together these deals and things like that. So, so, uh, it's been a, it's been a magnificent journey and, uh, uh, with uh, OTC and Arrowhead. And, you know, I started out with OTC uh, a couple of years ago and uh, we were able to take and 
think that company from at the time was about 700 to we'll do over a billion this year and that. And, mm. and we're going approaching on a couple hundred million dollars worth of earnings. So very blessed to, uh, to have that. And Arrowhead uh, just took that one on over the last year and we were right around a billion and a half dollars. And uh, the thing that allows us to do, as I said before, is the team, number one. Number two is we have a very standardized process that we use to go and uh, uh, run these these organizations. And it's all based around 80-20. Uh, when we come in, we, we have a 100-day journey that we go through. Those 100 days uh, start around, you know, where do we want to go? What's our goal? Uh, the second one is how's the strategy that's going to get us there. The third meeting will be how do we have to structure ourselves? And then the final piece of it, of course, is around what's the actions we're going to go through. We do that over a course of give or take 100 days. And what's so important about that is it gets everyone on the team aligned, right? Everybody walks out of there. Whatever we come in with, uh, uh, when uh, maybe on different uh, uh, sections, when we are through that process, the team is aligned, the goals are clear, we understand absolutely how we're going to go get there. And we focus on the things that we can control. So we don't worry about what the market's going to do. We don't worry about where the economy is going. We'll focus right. on what we can control, the levers that we can do. And that really makes all the difference for us. So, so this 80-20 process, and I know we're going to talk about it at depth. You're, you're even writing a book about it. It's been so effective for you guys. So how did you come across uh, the, the Pareto principle in 80-20? And how, how did you start in implementing it in your business? I'd love to curious about what you, that process for you. Well, for me, it started about 20 years ago. I was uh, fortunate to be working with a wonderful out, uh, outfit called IDEX. Uh, IDEX is out of Chicago, north side Chicago. We had gotten a new CEO and, and we had shown that we could make money, but we weren't really growing at the time. Mm. One of the gentlemen on our board was the former CEO of ITW, and he had suggested, why don't you take a look at uh, 8020? Uh, myself and uh, about a dozen other folks that were within the organization were put on a team to come in and build out the operating model. That was my first exposure to it, other than, you know, I guess we're all in, when we were in grade school, where we learned about Pareto and his pea pods and all that sort of stuff. Well, this takes it to a whole nother level. And if you look at IDEX and, and ITW, which is really where the first time I'd ever saw it, uh, they are both generated in excess of 18,000%, 18,000 mm. return over over these last 20 years. And it's directly relatable to it. And today you're, we're seeing companies more and more out there use this process. And, you know, the interesting thing about it from, from a high level, it's very straightforward. It's where are you making your money? You identify that and you identify it on two dimensions. One is the products and the second is the customers. A lot of times we'll see programs, they'll come and they'll run a scatter plot or whatever that says, well, here's what my pricing looks like on these products, right? And Or these different channels that we're going through. And they'll look for the outliers. Our process is a little bit different. We try to understand what our best customers, who they are and what they're buying. And we look at our products and we try to understand what are our best parts? Where do we really go and win at? And from there, we take our resources and we start shifting those resources uh, uh, from what we call our B customers and our B products. So you got your best customers buying your best products. Typically, that's tied to revenue, right? Some type of revenue looking at some material margin or gross margin. But your great customers also buy products that you aren't particularly good at. Maybe you can't make the right margin. Maybe you don't buy them the right way, whatever, whatever the issue is. But you got to take care of them on that. So that'd be an A customer with a B product. 
Then you have your B customers. There's absolutely nothing wrong with B customers. They just don't buy very much from us, right? Mm. So those B customers buy products that we really love to sell. They also buy products that we don't love to sell. Mm. And if you look at that and you lay it out in kind of a, a, a quad, right? What's going in each one, you'll find all your money, in fact, more than what's coming through your P&L, some typically around 200% is all in that quad one. They make all the money for the company. Now think about what I just said, that's 200%. Well, we don't actually have 200% of profit. We only have 100% of profit. Over these other three quads, we give away the other amount of that money and it's through our cost. Sure. Right. All the margin, that's where all the margin erosion is. All the margins erosion is going to be somewhere in there. Typically, you'll find it in the quad four, the B products with the B customers. We identify those and we don't go about trying to fire our customers or get, get rid of them or anything. We try to take the resources from that and redeploy them into the customers and the products that we're shown that, that, that we can do. Uh, so it's based on math and facts. No one can actually argue what the numbers are because the numbers are what they are. What you'll find is people will say, well, you don't really understand. We're different, right? Mm, These customers are unique. Sure. We need to right. treat them some. Yeah. But the fact remains that if you can take some or all of those resources and put them where you're growing, you'll actually grow faster. And think about it in our own lives, right? We want to spend the time with the things that are valuable to us. We want to put our right. resources to go do that. If we spread ourselves out too much, the reality is you just can't make it work, right? There's not enough to go around. So by taking those resources, refocusing, all of a sudden your best customers are getting taken care of in a, in a more important way. The phones are answered differently. The credit limits look different. How wow. we ship the products look differently in each one of them. The example I like to use, Patrick, is uh, an airline. Many yeah. of us fly or, or have flown, right? Do you fly a lot, Patrick? Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, well, most of us used to fly more, but today maybe maybe not, <laughs> not as much, so much, right? Right, sure. But what do you see when 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 you get on? Right, they have some type of ordering uh, system that comes on. They'll if you are a a premium flyer, however that's designed, you either pay extra, you get your right. first class seat, or more importantly, you fly more frequently. Right, you buy better tickets, you fly with them more often. You get to go on first. You get the premium seat. Well, the one who doesn't fly very much, the casual flyer, still gets to get on the plane. Maybe their discount's different. Maybe they're at the back of the plane. Maybe they had to pay for their luggage where the person who flies all the time got their luggage for free. Well, right. airlines have been doing this for years for successfully. And when you, if you fly, do you have a favorite airline, Patrick? Uh, typically United. Yeah. So I look, I have 4 million miles on United. So, uh, <laughs> wow. yeah, so uh, it's a... Uh, uh, United and I go way, way back, right? So uh, uh, if you fly United a lot, you know, you got global services, right? Have you? I don't know if you've experienced that or not, but if you come off the plane and your plane is late, there will someone be standing there at a gate with a sign that would say, Mr. Rogers? And you say, yes. And they'll walk you right out the side door, take you right across the tar tarmac to put you on the next plane if you're running that late. That will make you, I would think, feel special, Right, right, sure. Right. And so the next time you're going to fly, you're like, well, sometimes I'm late. I need help. You're going to go back to United. It's going to pull you in more. We try to do the same thing with our customers is make sure we treat those who fly with us all the time differently. Right. Mm -hmm. And that encourages them to come back. We still want the casual flyer, of course, from time to time. But it's more important to take care of Patrick uh, than it is mm -hmm. somebody who's going to fly maybe once in their life. Mm -hmm. That's the so whole secret of what we do. Gotcha.
Gotcha. So, so you're taking, I mean, the 80, 20 principle, we didn't in so much uh, explain it, but, but the whole concept is that 20% of revenue is coming from 80% of your clients, 20% of your problems are coming from 80, your, right. It's it, or 80% of your problems come from 20% of your clients, right. It's the, it's 80, 20 principle. And you guys are identifying that by identifying a and B, a products, B products, a clients, B clients, and you're creating a quadrant and then from that, you're taking the resources that you, not firing people, but you take those resources and put them more towards the key clients, the ones who are buying more and making sure that their experience, the value that they get is top shelf compared to what they're getting before. And then even more so compared to your competitors. That's exactly right. We call that process fair, but not equal, right? Well, I guess it's in trouble so often as we treat all our clients the same, we treat, uh, uh, and we want to because it makes us feel like we're good per people. But our resources are limited. Our time is limited. There's only so many seats at the front of that plane. Only so many people can get on first, right? So right. you got to pick. And if your strategy is all things to all people, it typically does not work. No one's happy, right? Exactly. You got to figure out who your most important customers are. We do it by simply taking Excel spreadsheets, loading in all our data. And as you said, 80% of our revenue, in fact, it's typically greater than 90 comes from just a handful of customers. So when we took over uh, OTC, right, we looked at our products and and this is an amazing, it's the largest I've ever had on this, right? How many SKU, you, are you familiar with the term SKU? Mm -hmm. SKU, how yep. many SKUs do you think we were selling? So we were doing about 700 million at the time. How many individual same type products were you selling? How many SKUs? How many do I think there are? How many oh. do you think we were selling? Oh, geez. I mean, uh, and what type of company was it again? This, I mean, this A is, distributor yeah, of industrial products, pumps, compressors, things like that. I mean, 2,500. 2,500. A little bit more than 8 million. A little bit more than 8 million. Okay. All of our revenue, greater than 94%, came from 20,000 products. Okay. The remaining okay. 7 million, 900,000, we made nothing on. Wow. We had inventory in. Right. We had to service them. We had to care, feed them. We had to, you know, put them in a building. We had to take insurance out and all that. So out of eight million items, out of eight million items, twenty thousand paid all the bills. Right. Wow. So over the last two and a half years, we've taken that eight million items. We're down to one point six million, which is still high, but we are slowly getting rid of those really as fast as we can. I wish we could go a little faster. And our cost positions have improved right? Mm. We were able to take care of the ones and we're able to actually have more in stock of the things that people want. We're able to take and get it out quicker because there's not as much confusion, right? You don't need as many systems. You don't need all those locations. You can consolidate down and focus on the critical few, right? We had 14,500 vendors, 14,000. Typical company like ours would have 2,000, right? We're down to about 4,000 now. We're slowly working our way through it because we want to place bigger bets in areas that our customers tell us they want to buy from us. And we know these customers like us because they do two things. They buy from us, right? That's mm -hmm. really important. Mm -hmm. The second is they pay their bills, right? Because we're important to them and they're important to us. That's right. Wow. What a feat though, to, to, uh, 8 million down to 1.6 and you're taking it even further, but, but 20,000, Comprise that you said that was ninety percent of uh, where we make actual... all our all our money comes out of those twenty thousand. 
Wow. And before you purchased them, did you already have an idea that that was the case? Or you probably probably knew that was the case before you actually made the purchase? Yeah, you know, these companies are typically what we call roll-ups, right? And so if you're in the yeah, private okay. equity space, and yeah. I, I know you are, so OTC <laughs> uh, was founded by the Darrell family uh, back in the uh, mid-60s. And, uh, and then about 20, 25 years ago, uh, they actually uh, sold the business uh, uh, to a sponsor and they started adding to it. And it went from being about $100 million to at that time, it was about $700 million, And it was made up of about 30 different acquisitions. So you get all the complexity that comes. Some of those items were exactly the same. As an example, we had, this is uh, around our suppliers, we had 86 UPS accounts. And it'd be in as UPS, it'd be in as United Personal Service, right, 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 on right. and on and on. And you have to go through and you have to simplify that, right? Uh, you, it's not something you have to do day one, but the more you can simplify because UPS is looking at us as 86 different accounts. We're looking at UPS as 86 different accounts. And that means our buying power is almost nothing. Right. By right. putting them all together, we can go and present one face to UPS and say, hey, we're way more important than you think we are. Uh, you know, this one little account, maybe we're doing 100,000 a year. We do millions with them, right? Mm. And our service level goes up. They're happier with us. We're happier with them, right? So it's really just focusing on the critical few. It is a very, in a world that has a, a, a dearth of it, it's a very commonsensical process, but you got to do it through the data. It has to be a data-driven process. Got to be data-driven. The critical view. Yeah, it, I mean, the one word you just said a few sentences ago summarizes the, the whole concept. Is, of course, it's not that easy, but but simplify. That's really what you're doing. You're simplifying this down so that you can have a business which is a lot more efficient um, Yeah, and focuses on great customer service by doing that. That's right. You're able to treat it differently. The funny, the funny uh, joke I always do when I'm talking to people and I'm out and I, I travel a lot and I am in front of my teams, we go and we do these town hall meetings. I always talk about fair but not equal, and my my example is, you know, if they're married uh, versus their sibling, right? And I'll say, okay, so uh, so Patrick, if you'll play along with me for five minutes, I, I'll do the same to you. Are, are, are you. If you don't, are you married? Yeah. Oh okay, no, I'm, I'm uh, single now. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not. Well, all right, even 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 more interesting. So, <laughs> and do you have a sibling? I do have a sibling. Okay, so it's your uh, former wife's birthday. Let's go back to when you were married. It'll make the make it a little easier. Okay, right? all right. So, so uh, 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 it was her her birthday. What would you have typically gotten her for her birthday? Um, I, I we I would always like to take her somewhere. So a weekend getaway is what we really enjoy doing. That's fantastic, right? Maybe a little dinner when you're there, something nice. Absolutely, sure. Good bottle of wine or favorite yeah, cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe flowers, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So all of that. Now, now it's your do you have a, a brother or sister? I have a brother. Okay, it's your brother's birthday. Okay. What would you give him for his birthday? Oh, um a new site for his bow and arrow. That's actually pretty good. I try to send my sister a text. Sometimes I forget, <laughs> but I, I do love her for sure. Yeah, uh, and uh, and she's if she's listening, Wendy, I, I love you very much. So there it is. Uh, uh, but think about the difference, right? It's your wife. You do a trip, uh, gifts, a whole uh, thing, a whole weekend, maybe right. maybe a whole shebang. Yeah, yeah, and your it's your brother, and he gets a deer sight, a sight to shoot <laughs> uh, for his vastly different, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but would you? Would you argue that it's fair that your wife gets more 
than your brother? Would I argue that that's fair? Yeah, is it fair? Because she's your I, wife. I think so. Absolutely. She's important. She's your A customer. Absolutely. She's your A customer. She's very important. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Uh, but it's not equal, right? Right, right. And your brother, he is he happy you get a uh, a deer side? He is. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, my sister's happy that I remember, and, I, and it's just- He <laughs> just right? remembered it. Hey, it's that's just good. remembered it. it was <laughs> that's right. But those are fair, but not equal. Right. And that's what we have to deal with with customers. We will take a customer that orders from us episodically, once every five years, and they order something that is not very important. We, the only thing they do is order this one product, and it's every five years, and it's unique, and it's different. We don't have it in stock. we got to make it. It goes on and on and on. We'll jump through every hoop to do that customer who buys one thing from us that is typically trivial We'll make our most important customer wait mm. because we're doing this and mm. we'll send it out to them. And mm. we gave them everything they want. And you know what? It is the B customers that don't pay us uh, when we don't get paid because it doesn't matter as much because they only buy one thing from us. Our A customers almost always pay us because they get a lot from us. And if you start treating your, your A customers like your B customers, you put them at the back of the line, they actually have options. They will divorce you and go away. If you treat your B customers like your A, they're still your brother. They're never mm -hmm. going to take mm -hmm. the role of your best customer because most likely there's someone else's A customer already. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the fair but not equal uh, outside of your organizations, people get it intuitively. They would not expect a $5,000 customer to be treated like a $5 million customer. Inside of your organization, is where you will get all the resistance, particularly from the sales force, because they're like, wait a minute, I live off of this business and you're gonna make me lose an account or I may not have to go resell it at a minimum. So the work on changing how you think about how you treat customers is more internally than externally. Your wife expects to be treated a certain way, your brother expects to be treated a certain way, given the relationship. It's the same way with our customers. It's our internal resistance that you have to deal with. It takes a lot of training, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of make a mistake, we'll try it again. Yeah, fair and not equal. I, I love it. What a profound concept. And it's and it just makes sense when you back up and you look at it from a 30,000 foot view. It just makes so much sense. And, and yet companies, CEOs, I've consulted in the past to, to get that thought process through sometimes is very difficult and, and and much less implemented. One of the one of the organizations we were looking at, uh we ran the numbers. They were the group was about 150 million dollars. They had uh 65 outside salesmen and wanted to go and double it to 120. And the customer base is about 20,000. And they had them all assigned to it. And I said, do you think for one second, one person can cover a thousand customers, 2000 customers, right? For, for sure you can't, right? Outside salesman goes, they show up and, and all that. Maybe you do two or three a day, you know, it just depends, right? Right, right. We ran the numbers. They had 115 accounts that paid for everything out of those 20,000. 115 accounts. I said, you have too many salesmen, yeah. right? Right, you, right? You actually need half of what you have. So each one gets you know, a handful, and the rest of them need to be taken care of differently. Inside sales, uh, uh, online ordering, right? Like Amazon. You don't call someone at Amazon if you want to buy your next, you know, bottle of shampoo or 
whatever, right, no. whatever. You just go online and click. Yeah. So people are trained to go do it. Now you got to have the systems to do it. But for sure, you can you imagine how many salesmen it would take for Amazon to come and do it? They don't have it at all, but they do awesome. have a section where if you're a big customer, Amazon has salespeople out there calling on big customers every day of the week. They're not calling on me, probably not calling on you, but you know, I would think they would because the amount of boxes I get outside my house is <laughs> shocking. You're a VIP. <laughs> I don't mean I qualify for nothing. So, uh, but that's what it is, right? You get into the numbers and you go, well, geez. And so, so now instead of needing 120 salesmen out of the 60, what we really need is about 40. And we could see those customers every day. It was almost like one-to-one -one service by the time, time you're done. You can take those other ones that you don't need and you can deploy them doing something else, right? Right. right. Uh, what would that be? You'd have to decide based on where you're making your money. You could, because there's a spot somewhere in there that probably has not been taken care of as well. Go fix that. Go fix it. Got it. Wow. Such great information, um, Bill. This is just, I, I love it. A lot of times, most of our guests will talk about, you know, the internal processes, EOS or things like that. This is just so profound because it makes so much sense and it's so high level. And to be in your position, hearing this at a $2.5 billion annual company, that this is the key to success, that is very enlightening. It's so refreshing. EOS is a great process. Absolutely. Gina Whitman wrote that book. I, I was privileged to have lunch with him a few years ago. Nice. It is fantastic to uh, uh, take a small organization and really Absolutely. get yourself aligned, right? It's all about alignment. Yeah. And then what the process we use which we, I call myself, I call it the profitable growth operating system. I just had to have a name of something, nice. but it's really 80, 20. Uh, yeah. The process that we use is what, once that team is aligned, once someone like Gino, you've embraced it, what are they going to focus on? Mm. And every company goes through this life cycle. So when you're small, you're, you're an entrepreneur, you'll take any business. You're just trying to get your, your, your game going. You got to, you got right. bills to pay. Then one day you wake up and you have so much you cannot handle it on. If you're out prospecting, you're not closing. If you're closing, you're not prospecting. You say, how am I going to do all this stuff, right? So Gino's model does a great job of getting yourself organized. What I focus on and what my companies focus on is in what you're focused on, where is the profit? What are the profit pools are available and mm -hmm. how do you organize yourself around it? I love it. And then you're actually in the process. Well, you've already written the book, but um, the book where you outline this process that you're talking about in so much more detail, it's due to come out pretty soon, right? That's right. Thank you for uh, for mentioning it. It's called The 80-20 CEO, Take Command of Your Business in 100 Days. Uh, it is in the final uh, uh, being put together. The graphs are being put in it. It should be available for pre-order. It was supposed to have been available a week or two ago, but uh, sometime this month, December, and it's supposed to ship at the end of February. So if any uh, history tells me, it'll probably ship in March. So, uh, uh, but that's the first one that comes out. That book is really targeted at the leadership of a company, explaining the process of how you go through, how you take command of the business in 100 days, and then the actions that you take that come after that to run it. So, you know, I'm in private equity. Our goal, typically, our, our, our nirvana is to get at least 3x, uh, uh, what we call MOIC or multiple loan invested cash, right? Uh, so we're always looking at that. Uh, four is better, 10 would be wonderful, right? So so we want to take and do that as, as quickly as possible. This book is designed to get that team aligned and talk about the tools 
that that will come. And then right after that, we have a couple more coming out. One is the deep dive on how to do 80-20 and the strategy and some of the stuff around the, the folks, right? So it's exciting and fun. And I hope everyone out there will enjoy that. You can, I have a website. Uh, it's my name, BillCannady.com. You can go on there and learn more about it. Perfect. Uh, and if you could sp uh, spell, it, so it's Bill Kennedy, B-I-L-L-C-A-N-A-D-Y.com. Perfect. You correct? did it way better than Perfect. I can, Patrick. So. <laughs> yeah, great. Exactly just want to make sure some people don't, uh, you know, are just listening. So I want to make sure they they have it as well. Um, well, great, Bill. What I'd love to do is just take a few minutes and, and summarize some of my takeaways from today. Uh, one is this, this standardizing your process over and above you know, what you talked about, like we talked about with EOS is then what do we focus on as a team to take the next, the company to the next level? And this 80, 20, uh, hundred day journey. First thing you do is you're starting out with where, where we are, where we want to go, and then developing that strategy, breaking it down to processes and accountability with actions. And you're really focusing on the things that you can control. You're not looking at the economy. You're focusing on what we can control as a team. And then breaking down into that 80, 20, a little bit further is, you know, where are you making your money And this, this whole concept of fair, but not equal. And you really focus on two things. You focus on giving your products a grade, A, B, uh, maybe C, um, and, and clients, A and B, and, and then you quadrantize it. And from here, you start to shift those resources to your best clients, the ones who who are paying the most, the paying on time, the best clients, buying the best products. And, and from that, you said you're not firing the B clients, but you're just taking resources away and shifting it towards the A, making the customer experience for the A phenomenal, giving them phenomenal value. Um, and, and that is the, the whole concept between behind this 80-20 process, which I, it's, it's stupid simple. It's amazing. Um, uh, Maybe that'll I'm, be I'm the sure. title of my next book, Stupid Simple. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, so Bill, if there was one takeaway that you'd really want the audience to absorb from our time together today, what would that be? Well, really a couple of things. One is focus on what you can control. You know, don't, don't worry about what the economy is going to do. Don't, don't worry about if interest rates are going to go up because for sure it's going to change whatever it is. Right. Yeah. What you want to do is dig into the facts, get your team together and get everybody aligned around, uh, what, you can do, and that's take care of your folks, right? Give exceptional opportunities to your team, be a good partner with your suppliers and your vendors and your customers, and finally give an exceptional return uh, to your stakeholders, right? You do those three things, you're going to have a winning hand. I love it. And you know, one of the things I really love about this, this concept of the 80-20 CEO in the book you're writing is, you know, Likely many entrepreneurs listening to this have read the book 80-20 Principle, um, and, and they get it, right? It's a Pareto Principle. Uh, however, you've taken this principle, which is just an inherent law. I mean, it's a law in pretty much everything, and you've applied it to something very specific. You, you've taken it and you kind of built a, a process, a rule, an SOP for a CEO to follow to be able to turn their company around and, and maybe not turn it around, but just make it drive phenomenal success. And I think that's that's what's important. That's the difference between just understanding what the 80-20 principle is by reading the, the book and this. This sounds like this is a blueprint and I'm going to be one of your first pre-order sales when it's available, man. That's fantastic. That's very well said. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a delight. Yes. Yes. And Bill, if any of our listeners want to reach out and, and get a hold of you for any follow-up questions, uh, what's the best way that they do that? 
Uh, two ways. Uh, so one, you can send me an email. So it's bill at billcanady.com, B-I-L-L-C-A-N-A-D-Y.com. Or you can just simply go to my website, same ending, and all the information is on there. I respond to every one of them I get. I really enjoy interacting with folks. And if there's anything I can do to help, I'm here for you. Fantastic. Well, Bill, thank you again so much for being on the show. This was a complete honor. Thank you, Patrick. Have a great day. And again, thank you for your service. Absolutely. And for the subscribers and listeners, please hit the like and subscribe button and help us spread the word about what we're doing. We're helping the next generation of CEOs and leaders be that much more successful. With that, this is your host, Patrick Rogers, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to another episode of the High Performance CEO Podcast with your host, Patrick Rogers. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out our main website at patrickvrogers.com for much more valuable information and free resources.